are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Can we ever resonate with that story? For Cindy and I, it was a 10-year journey, and what she was saying is so true. See, there's a moment just before the mother in the video picks up her child, and it's three words. She explains that she and her husband have resigned themselves to a life of never being parents. She says, we decided that that's just the way that it was going to be. Then we see her smile, and she says, but it wasn't. I wonder if we as believers sometimes accept things too easily. You know, we look at the news or we look out our window and we see the world and think, yep, that's just the way that it's going to be. But then God whispers into our heart, no, it's not. I'm going to ask Cindy to come up and share a little story this morning. Do you remember this? Uh, A few years back, I opened a present, and this is what I got. And I looked at it, and I thought, wow, (laughs) technology. And honestly, I am so traditional. I like old school, and I just thought to myself, I've never, ever in my life thought to myself, I wish I had an electric toothbrush, ever. And I am very familiar with the Crest Sprint Brush because I buy them for my kids for stockings. And I know that if you wait, you can get them on sale for maybe five or six ninety nine. And so I thought to myself, this puppy must have cost twenty or thirty dollars. And I started, you know, my stomach started turning because I thought I didn't want it, and I'm going to return it because we've been married at that point about fifteen years. And I said, I, I won't hurt his feelings. He don't care. So I just said. Honey, uh, and I thought, if it's more than 20, I'm returning it because I could buy a shirt. So I said, honey, uh, do you remember how much it cost, that toothbrush you got me? And he goes, yeah. He goes, it was about 100 bucks. Ah, 100 for a toothbrush? I'm like, you're kidding, right? And I'm like, where's the receipt? And he goes, I don't know. He goes, it's probably my wallet. So while everyone else is enjoying figgy pudding, I'm going through his wallet, the side table drawer, and I'm like, Boxing Day, Walmart and I have a date. Like, this is not happening, right? So I go to Walmart without a receipt because he's a man. And I go up to the very short line, which took a mere three hours at customer service, and I said... I want to return this. It was a gift. And I said, I know. I don't have the receipt, so I'm not expecting cash. I will exchange it for anything in the store, anything else. Like, I'll take $100 in tea towels, just whatever. And she says, sorry, our new policy, even a gift during Christmas, you cannot return it without a receipt. And I'm just like, you're kidding, right? And so it was just Sometimes I will like be the pit bull and I will fight for what I want, but I just had this resignation in my heart that just said, you know what, whatever, I guess that's what it is. So as I'm walking out through the parking lot with my box, 
which I had even paired in the Walmart bag. You know, they don't care what bag you bring in when you return something, but in my mind, I think it's going to be more convincing to my story if it's actually. So I go, I'm walking through the parking lot, and I'm a little deflated, like, you know, I didn't even fight for it. And you know when God talks to you in that, in that way that just catches you off guard because you're not really talking to him. He just brings the conversation to you, and he says to me, you know, Cindy, my gifts and my callings are without repentance. And I knew that scripture in the Bible, and I'd always thought of it as a kind of like a calling, like if you were supposed to be a pastor or something. But he began to show me that year that his gifts that he wants to give us are not returnable. He says, you don't have to open it, and you don't have to use it, but it's not returnable. And so that year was a year of upgrades for me. I had about four significant things where I was given things at least 10 times the normal value of what I would pay for something, like extravagant gifts. And the Lord began to show me, Cindy, I want to show you that I'm extravagant. And I thought, and you might think like, who cares? Does God really care about a toothbrush? I believe he does not really care about a toothbrush, but you know what he cares about? He cares about proving to you that he's good. Because if you believe that God's going to be so crazy to upgrade your toothbrush, maybe when someone comes to you and says, I don't have a place to live, and if, I'm not, if I don't find some place by Friday, then I'm in trouble. And you've got the faith to believe, well, if God cares about something as simple as this, why would he not provide a home for you? And it gives you greater faith. And so it's not just faith to increase for the promises and the gifts he has for you, but I think it's faith to the belief for others as well because the greatest gift he's given us is his grace. And if we, don't, if we just look at it as God has given the body, the church grace, then that's, that's somewhat convincing. But if your story is God is good because I know he's good, isn't that so much more convincing? So see, as I bought that toothbrush, I was listening to the Lord. <laughs> Why? Because I'm a man. That's right. <laughs> we might think after the life that I've lived and all the ways in my life that I've messed up, after all the things that I've done, I, I'm never going to be part of anyone's family again, especially God's, because he holds the standard up here, and I know that my life is nowhere near that. But God wants you to know that that's not truth. In the middle of the misery and the stress was a pregnant girl who knew differently. Everything about that video points to love. Everything about that season points to love. And there's a verse this morning that I want to highlight from 1 John 1. It says, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. In this verse, John overly tells us that God has given us a great gift of being children because of his love for us. In the original language, it communicates this as a fact, but it also demands that we take a deep and joyful look just how much God loves us. Knowing that we're part of a family of God, is, it's cause for celebration and it's exciting. A couple with that comes a gift of peace and love. 
First John, uh, uh, John 14, 27 says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and a peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. Are you anxious? Do you find that fear kind of has a way of creeping into your heart? See, when that kind of stuff happens, we can just stop and say, wait a minute, that's not from the Lord. And I'm not going to receive that gift because I don't want it. See, this last week, my son, who's now nine years old, had a bad dream. And about three o'clock in the morning, he comes and he really sneakily tries to sneak in between Cindy and I. But the problem is, is now he's a grown man, so he can't do that. So as he starts to crawl in, in between us, and he's going so stealth-like not to disturb us, and then he lays beside me, and I open my eyes, and my son's right there, and I'm like, what are you doing? And he says, I had a bad dream. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, I said, son, let me talk to you about that bad dream. I said, you know the cool thing about dreams is when you have a bad dream and you wake up, then you realize that it was just a dream and it can't hurt you. It's not reality. So instead of fearing that and coming into mom and dad's room, when you wake up, you're like, wait a minute. That wasn't real. I'm safe and secure in the comfort of my room and in the warmness and the security of my bed. As believers, when all of a sudden that fear comes upon us, it's the exact same thing. We can embrace it and say, wow, I'm nervous, I'm anxious, and take that as far as we want to go. Or we can just say, wait a minute. I'm safe and secure in the palm of my Father's hand. I have nothing to worry about. I have nothing to fret. I have nothing to stew. And I'm not going to receive it and push that to the side. Because the Bible tells us that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but that of love, of power, and sound mind. So whatever situation comes upon us, one of the perks of being adopted into the family of God is knowing the power of our Father and knowing that if God is for us, that who can be against us? See, if every single one of us in this room caught that this morning, our lives would be totally different and transformed because we'd be realizing not our, we wouldn't be looking at our weaknesses and our insecurities, but we'd be looking at the strength of the Father who says, everything that I have is yours, son. Everything that I have is yours, daughter. Take it because you're mine. Oh, that is cause to celebrate right there. That is cause to wake up this morning and say, God, I receive that because I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to, to, to wallow in pity. I don't have to do that because my father is the king of kings and the Lord of lords and he's got great gifts for me. My son felt secure beside dad knowing there is no safer place but I as a dad could say, oh yeah, come nine-year-old, let's spoon for the night. Or I could say, no, 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 no. Do not let fear come into your room because it's safe 
you're safe there. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay. And then back to bed he went, no problem. As John begins his gospel activity account by telling of the beginning of the Savior's work on earth, he shares about the relationship benefits that come for all those who receive this gift of Christmas. John 1, 12 to 13 says, But to all who believe him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. See, John is referring to a great gift based on love that God has given to us called adoption. Although he does not specifically use that term, the Apostle Paul used that word adoption as a metaphor multiple times in his writings found in the New Testament. The word for adoption in the Greek language is huiothesia. And each time Paul uses that word, it serves to distinguish the believer's relationship as a son or a daughter of God from that of Jesus. It is also used to illustrate the Christian's change of relationship status as now being part of a family of God, and thus we are one of his kids. Man, that's awesome. Is there any one of you who hasn't looked around Thanksgiving table and thought, man, maybe I'm adopted? I came across this picture, and I'm just like, that is epic. I love that. How many families are like, you know what? That's my family right there. That's Uncle John up in the tree, you know? In God's family, every one of us are adopted. We're adopted into love. We're adopted into grace. The first time we see Paul use this term uh, is to a letter in the Church of Rome. It's found in Romans 8, 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's Spirit that when he adopted you of his own children, now we call him Abba Father. For his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we, almost, we also must share in his suffering. We like the first part, but we don't like the second part so much. But you know what? Our promise is that God will never leave us. I tell you, some of the, some of the struggles that life throws at us, I don't know how I would get through them if I didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I really don't know. To be able to stand in that place and just be alone would be one of the most scariest things ever. But to know that God the Father, who calls me son, is with me, is so supernatural. It's a gift. Paul is reminding the Christians at Rome that when a person becomes a follower of Jesus and receives the Holy Spirit into their lives, that a person has become the recipient of the gift of adoption into the family of God. Not only has our status changed as a son or daughter of the king, but we've also become rightful heirs with Christ to all that comes with being part of the family. And with being part of the family, we receive the benefits that go along with it and the blessings, so many blessings that we cannot contain. See, I, I, I like to, I'm a storyteller. I like to tell stories, and some of the really good stories, I've told them here so many times, it's like, oh, not that one again. 
But I was trying to think of a story that, that was like, you know what, God, when you give something, it's just like, wow, we can't contain it. And the one that came to my mind was a few years ago, we got a phone call from Canadian Tire. And Canadian Tire said, you know what, we've got some old Christmas stock that we want to clear out our warehouse and we, we want to be able to give it to you guys. Uh, would you like it? And, and I remember taking that call. I'm like, oh, what do I want old Christmas stock for? And I was about to say, no, we don't want your junk. But as I was going to say no, the Holy Spirit said, stop. You know what? This is a business that is calling on a church. And I don't want you to close the door. I want you to open it. So I said to him, yeah. You know what? Thank you very much. We would love to take it. And he goes, you know what? I think it's going to be a skid full of stuff. Maybe two. I'm like, oh my word, two skids full of Christmas stuff. What am I going to do with two skids full of stuff? So he goes, okay, we're going to bring it. When would you like us to bring it? I said, bring it on Tuesday. We're having staff meeting. We've got all hands on deck. We'll unload the truck of two skids and kind of figure out what we're going to do with it. So Tuesday comes. We're having our staff meeting. The truck pulls up, and the guy says, uh, you're Pastor Lance. Yeah, we got some skids of stuff to, call, uh, to uh, deliver with you. I said, skids. He goes, yeah. He says, we got nine skids of Christmas decorations. I'm like, nine skids? You know, it took, us, it took us a couple of hours to unload that truck. And then once it was unloaded, we had the whole lobby, every square inch of that lobby filled with Christmas stuff. We had wreaths and Christmas trees from the floor to the ceiling. It was amazing there. There was so much stuff. And I said, the first thing I did is I said, Melanie Watt, help. You know, and all this stuff came out of the truck. And Melanie took stuff, and she's taking trees, and she's taking bulbs, and she's taking lights, and she's doing all that kind of stuff for the church. And then she's like, great, I got all I need, and she didn't even dent it. And I'm like, well, part two. I called every single church in town, and I said, hey, listen, we had such a blessing here that we can't contain it. Come. And I, and I believe most churches came, and they came with minivans and trucks, and the stuff was going out by the truck full. And they left, and it didn't even dent it. Like, there was still so much stuff. So Cindy's like, that was Tuesday. Wednesday was women's morning. And the women came, and they made their way through the obstacle course and stuff. And Cindy said, I felt like Oprah that morning. She's like, we got all this stuff. It's yours. Woo, take it. And the girls are like, whoa. And the girls hit that hard, and it made a big dent in it. <laughs> you know, a, a big dent. And then after that was done, just word got out to the community, and people started pulling up like, hey, I, I hear you got Christmas stuff here. And it's like, yeah. And, and just... Again, car loads and truck loads and, and I think boat loads of, of stuff was, was leaving out the door until there was like nothing left. And I was just like, God. See, if I wanted to be a nice guy, you know what? God put something on my heart and, and the Lord says to me, you know what, Lance? My son Aaron is a good guy. And He's had this Charlie Brown Christmas tree for years now, and I want to love on him and show him my love. And I gave him 
500 bucks. And I said, I want you to buy the best tree that Walmart has. And I want you to buy the decorations for it and whatever. It would be like, wow, that's amazing. Lance, you're a good guy. Thank you. But when God does it, every church in town is blessed. Every woman who came to women's ministry is blessed. And it is so much that we can't, we can't contain it. It just goes out in the street and people start driving. I hear you got stuff. And it just, the blessings just kind of flow out. And that is God. That is our Father. I think sometimes we are so narrow-minded and we get so stressed out about small things. And the Lord is like, seriously, how many times do I have to, to fill up your barns? How many times do I have to do that before you just sit back and say, it's okay, God's got me. Our Father is amazing. You know, one of the, the people we partner with in this church is Rhonda Calhoun at Our Father's Farm. And I don't know if you ever heard the story about how they bought their ranch, but they've, they've got this, this ranch. I don't know how many acres out in Kansas City, but it's massive. And the, it's, they bought it right in the middle of the U.S. Um, economy crash. And they went to the realtor, and the realtor says, you know what, this is, I don't remember how much it was. Do you remember? Was it a million? Three million dollars. And, and Rhonda just felt that the Lord said, this is the property, and they had no money. So the realtor says to them, she's saying, you know what, this is, uh, this is $3 million. Do you mind if I ask where you're going to come up with that money? And Rhonda said to her, she says, my father's very wealthy. And she says, oh, okay, no problem. So she started showing her the place. Now she's talking about her heavenly father. The realtor thought she meant an earthly father who is some rich guy. But as that time went on, the Lord just started dropping it off within, I can't, again, it's Rhonda's story. I can't remember how many months, but maybe two months or whatever before the closing deal, that $3 million came in for them to be able to buy that cash with no debt. That's our God. That's your God. And when we say yes to him, when we say, yes, Lord, I give you my life, you are no longer a slave. You are no longer a servant. But you are a f not only a friend, but you are a son, a daughter. I don't know what kind of life you've had. Because sometimes when I say that word dad, maybe you had a really lousy relationship with your earthly father. And it's one that is just kind of like, you know what, I don't, I don't know if I, if I really want to call God dad. Don't miss out because of past experiences on the blessings that God has for you today. That word daddy is what I read a little bit earlier when it says Abba, Father. That is a term of endearment. It's a term of intimacy. That he's like, you know what? I don't want to be some God up here. I want to be a God that is so close that you can call me daddy. 
I want to be a God that is so close that you and I have a relationship that is so special. That's our dad. And when I say that word daddy, if something is rising up and you're kind of like, oh, I don't know, I don't like that. I understand that. But don't allow that victory this morning. Because what that is, is a spiritual stronghold that needs to be taken down. And it starts out by saying, Dad, I surrender to you. And I want to know you as my father. I want to know you in such a close relationship. I don't care what kind of relationship your husband has. I don't care what kind of relationship your wife has, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. It's about you and your relationship with Father. That we can stand in that place and say, oh, God, you have adopted me. See, that video that I said earlier, it was, it's, it's very much our life, but we didn't walk through the place of adoption. The Lord allowed us to conceive. But did you, what I love about that video is usually when a husband and a wife adopt a child, it's out of a longing to be a, to be a mom and a dad. And it's an excitement about, Lord, my whole life, all I want, all I want is a child. All I want is to, 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 to become a mom, to become a dad. And, and as she said there, some people waited nine months. For us, it was so much longer. We had to see lawyers. We had to do this. We had to pay money. We did everything we possibly could to become mom or dad. So then all of a sudden, when the child grows up, it's kind of like, you know what? I'm adopted. You don't love me as much as maybe my natural child. What a lie. I fought for you. I, I, I toiled for you. My friends, God sent Jesus to, to hang upon a cross for you. He fought for you. He died for you. He's hungry for you. He loves you. But sometimes we just kind of think, ah, it's just... I believe in something up there, but I, I don't really know. And God's like, I want to become so much more. I want to become your dad. God has chosen us. We are his adopted to encourage the poor, to help the brokenhearted. This is who we are. This is God's family. This is what it means to be a child of God. Where there is God, where there is Jesus, there's family. God says, you feel unwanted? Come to me. I got you. God takes us all, and God takes us all because God is love. Ephesians 1, 4-6 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. 
God loves those he adopted at his own. Although a human father oftentimes would adopt someone from a familiar social status of his own, God the Father adopts believers in order to move them into a new status they could never have obtained on their own. As adopted sons and daughters of God, we are now lifted up in a new family status as co-heirs with Christ. Paul goes on to write about this phenomenon in Galatians 4. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves in the law so he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, now that you are no longer a slave but God's own children. And since you are his child, God made you his heir. See, in Roman law, Back years ago, if someone was to become adopted, they would not only take on that new name, but they would take on the family line. So let's say that my family owed a lot of money, and I was, I was in trouble, and I had uh, debtors after me, and, and this kind of a thing, because maybe my father or my grandfather... Uh, did something silly, and put the family into massive crisis. If I was to become adopted, I would all of a sudden not only take on a new last name and a new identity, but the old thing was no longer valid, that debtors could not come out after me anymore because it was, that's not who I am. It was null and void. God is the exact same way as with us. You know what, maybe you have a real shady past, Maybe, maybe things have not gone the best for you. Maybe you've walked in that place and it's just kind of like, man, Lance, I hear what you're saying, but I could never do that because you don't know who I am. You don't know what I've done. When we say yes to Abba Father and we say, God, I surrender my heart to you, all that stuff has passed away. It's no longer held against us. It's thrown in the sea of forgetfulness never to be remembered again. And we take on a new identity where we're no longer living for self, but now we're living for God. Isn't that exciting? That's who he is. That is the nature and the character of our Heavenly Father. He will never turn us away. He will always take us to his own Although our earthly parents not be perfect and we may not have experienced the perfect family situation here on earth, our Father in heaven has a place for you in his family if you will receive this morning that gift of adoption. That is why the psalmist says, we think that a broken heart is permeating thing. We accept our hearts. That is just the way it's going to be. But it isn't. Psalms 27.10 says, Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord would take me in. That is the language of adoption. Ernie, sit at my table. We think we are alone. We think that a broken heart is a permanent thing. We accept in our hearts that this is just the way that it's going to be. But it's not. God says, come, sit here, sit at my table, hold hands with your family. Have you ever, you ever do that at Grace? You know, you're sitting around the table and you're getting ready to, to eat at the meal and you just grab each other's hands and say, let's just, let's just take a moment as a family and pray. 
There's something special about that, guys. See, when we sit there and we, we, we take their hands and the chatter's died away and there's just that, just that breath just before we pray, when you take the hand of that person sitting next to you, that God is present in that breath. And in that moment, God says, this is my family. This is my house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't know what your household is like. Maybe you've got kids at home who aren't living for Christ. Maybe you have a husband who isn't living for Jesus. Maybe you have a wife who is in that boat where it's just kind of like, you know what, Lord, I just, I just don't really know if I love you anymore, God. It brings stress into the family home. But there's something supernatural about just saying, God, help me to see things as you see them. God, help me to trust you that, Lord, you are able. Help me, God, just to take that breath and invite you into my household. Because if God is for me, who can be against me? We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.